My name's Max, and this is the Power Source Podcast, a place where I'll talk about old school games from a new school perspective. Today, I have a guest with me, my good friend Jay. Introduce yourself, Jay. Hello. Um, I don't know, I don't know a lot about games. I know some about games, a little bit. Just a little um, bit? Yeah. That's fair. Um, I'm bad at them, so I'm like an expert, you know? Oh yeah, everybody knows that the best people to talk about video games are the people who are worse at playing them. Like me, I'm <laughs> awful. So as I said in the previous recording, both in the last episode and also because this is the second time we're recording this because of a technical failure, uh, this episode we'll be talking about uh, Duke Nukem, Duke Nukem 3D, and the build engine. And a little bit of Postal sprinkled in on the side, if we could make it. Um, so I was talking about Duke Nukem Forever, which was essentially the sequel to Duke Nukem 3D, and I did go over this in the last podcast, that it was a catastrophic failure because it kept making pop culture references that were just so out of date that it, they weren't even, like, they weren't even funny and they weren't even, like, pathetic enough to be funny. It was just, like, sad. It was kind of sad. But, um, okay. So, Duke Nukem 3D came out in 1996, I believe. 1996, somewhere around there. Doom had already come out. But the thing is that as, uh, wait, you had said something. So what do you know about Duke Nukem? Tell me everything you know about Duke Nukem before I continue. Okay. Um, I know who voices him. is John St. John, because you told me that. <laughs> and I know that he has sex. Yes. Okay. Two very important character traits. So, you know, it came out in the 1996, 1995-ish. And uh, Duke Nukem 3D, built on, on the build engine, made by Ken Silverman who, when he was like 18 years old. But the thing is, right, so Duke Nukem had a crazy amount of personality compared to our Gordon Freemans and our Counter-Strikes and, you know, whatever. Like, even Gordon Freeman had to come out at this point, but it's like all other FPS games were pretty much just shoot, kill, die, run, you know, whatever. But... The king, Duke, he brought so much personality to gaming. He was this Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, double gun, you know, bring in, you know, machismo, sex-having, misogynist character type. And despite the controversies that came from that, he was super popular. You know, sex is funny. (laughs) He loves to hate women. And gamers who were majority men at the time also hated women no okay a bit of an exaggeration um duke nukem 3d had a lot of controversy with uh i i think i think i've shown you the my favorite part of it which is uh the very first level which is red light district and it's essentially just this like uh a, like a city area and um you can go to a strip club in this video game and you can give money to strippers oh my god yeah and that was there walmart didn't sell Walmart didn't sell the original copy because they sold Duke Nukem 3D at Walmart, but it's like they didn't sell the original copy of it because they were like, this, we can't sell this at our store. And so they had to put a censored version. And I think to this day, you can still switch to the censored version, but you can't like buy it like that anymore. But the fact that you could, you know, there was nude, straight up nude women, like frequently was just like an issue. But because it was so bold like that and it had so much like, swagger almost like i hate to say the word swagger and you know the year of our lord 2021 but like duke nukem has swagger he runs around like he owns the place he 
straight up pees in urinals to gain health. You know, he sees himself in the mirror and compliments himself. You know, he's in the middle of killing aliens. Right? He has a ton of personality. And, like, the build engine is insane, right? Because Ken Silverman, who built it when he was very, very young, and then eventually went to go work uh, with, like, uh, 3D Realms, who bought the license from him, and they all worked together to make things like Duke Nukem. So the, the engine itself, it's similar to the Doom engine. Uh, it's a little bit more advanced than it. But it's essentially just, like... You can build so so. The Wolfenstein engine and I believe the Doom One engine were built in the way that they worked were in like sectors, and so it was essentially just. They called it two point five D. So the way it works is like, the the walls quote unquote are rendered according to where you're looking, but they're not there. You know, like if you were to go and like no clip you couldn't no clip because it was just mathematically calculating how everything looked according to where you were which is like not how video games work anymore now they are rendered like almost physical spaces now there are 3d but this was 2.5b this was like almost this was fake 3d so in the sector not sector the grid format that uh doom and that the first version of the build engine that ken silverman made used you couldn't have stuff like like a, a room above a room you couldn't do that because of the way that like the math was required for it you just can't do that it, and you, it didn't work i don't know how it didn't work but it didn't and so what you would have to do is just you know fake it or use teleportation or, or do some you know game magic to make it seem like it did but the build engine actually did have this it, it had a room above rooms and so that was really really good for making like really realistic places like like uh, an alleyway or a store or uh, where else does he go? A strip club or a bar or a bookstore. Like people were making their own maps uh, in the build engine that were just of their houses because it was really easy to make really realistic at the time um, levels and level design. And that's why another reason Duke Nukem is so fondly remembered because it looked stunning. It had such a cohesive like like uh, level design like language and it really made you feel like it, the world was alive rather than just like the sort of static horrific deadness that doom has so jay yeah what are your thoughts um so i oh god um <laughs> i'm really bad at this uh, that's okay it's a podcast it doesn't matter i think that it sounds very cool that like he was so young and he was able to basically innovate the gaming industry a little bit like just fucking redid it sorry i couldn't curse he, he did um, you curse i did slip past me did not I catch it swear, i'm sorry oh you oh uh, i don't know what i'll do um <laughs> i don't know i'll repent somehow i just think that it's cool that they made a little video game about a little guy who runs around and shoots things and has sex, but it was, like, innovative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like, you know, it's such a stupid concept that ended up being, like, one of the most fondly remembered, like, video game characters of all time. You know, like, Duke Nukem. He's a, oh, what a real hero, right? What other Everyone games were made? a man who has sex. All of the, like, all of the, <laughs> this is true. All of the, like, really important build engine games were all, like, really controversial. Because, like, well, you know, Duke Nukem had his, you know, misogyny and sex and 
sex jokes and oh, another thing about the build engine that was like really really amazing is that it had uh voxels which is essentially just like at the time is like 3d details like they're not models exactly but like well they were but like they're essentially just like 3d little tiny little pixelated models and so you could do that to make light switches or like a pot for a potted plant and they just added a lot of life to things but the thing about another thing is that Duke Nukem had a ton of like interactivity with the world so you could like there was literally like a physics engine so you could literally play pool you could knock around the balls and they'd oh. hit each other and they'd go randomly and like you'd get them into the holes and you could break stuff and and you could break electronics and things would react to you and you could turn on and off lights of rooms like not that they would do anything but you could and so it was really that was really another interesting thing but um the thing about the uh other build engine games so there's one called shadow warrior which was uh so here's the thing about shadow warrior right it's that the main character's name is lo wang and like duke nukem is based off of like cheesy action hero movies like arnold schwarzenegger you know kicking butt right uh shadow warrior was kind of based off of old-timey kung fu movies mm-hmm. but the thing is uh they the voice of lo wang who's kind of like this you know sensei type uh yeah. is a the whole thing is kind of filled with a lot of like racist jokes unfortunately um lo wang is voiced by a white man maybe doing a not so great chinese you know accent and then he's like a chinese man in japan and it's like very like you know ignorance of the 90s and it's just like it hasn't aged very well the gameplay is amazing from what i've heard i haven't played uh, shadow warrior but it's one of those things where it's like eh, you know controversy looking at it from the current lens you'd be like this is not good and yeah this is like bad that they did it but it's like the lens of the time would be like this is normal so it's it's difficult with stuff like that because you have to consider you have to consider things from a current lens of course because you have to like be like i know how to view this thing like you have to view it you have to view it from a current lens if that makes sense but then also you have to kind of consider like the lens of the people who were creating it at the time that they were creating it and how like culturally it would appear to them and like how it would be normal to them because that's just how things were so you have to like consider two different viewpoints based on two different time periods almost yeah because from what i understand like because i was like when i first found out about this and like i i i watched it because i gotta mention this right i was listening to a podcast i watched um i was listening to a video about this uh from civi 11 because he's my favorite source on this kind of stuff is that like it was less ha we you know don't like asian people and we're gonna make fun of them and more like they were just trying to be goofy about like you know those kind of movies that were always you know uh on tv and that they kind of those people that made them grew up with but like you know the humor obviously hasn't aged well because it's like it, it wasn't made in like out of hatred it was just made out of jokes that eventually we didn't realize were like oh that's not good we can't they can't do that so it's like it was just ignorance really and like not it's like oh didn't mean to do it didn't even do it to be offensive i think they just did it because like haha funny and then it was like "Mm -mm, nope it was funny then but like it was funny then funny eventually i think that's just society though awesome society so that's uh that's shadow warrior uh but the next one which i find a little bit more interesting is uh, a game called blood it's called blood it's a very good name uh when you play as a guy named caleb 
who is like essentially it's like it's like the the way I heard it described was like kind of like of if a if a those like creepy black and white horror movie had a baby with a western essentially like that's kind of what the style of this is and so it's got this like it's like in a brown black and gray color palette but not the way that quake has it because quake has a, also a very brown and like gray color palette but like blood chef's kiss all right it has it's it's the same thing with like duke nukem and like um shadow warrior is that they have amazing like design but the thing about blood is that like it was ridiculously bloody and the advertising for it was also ridiculously over the top where it was like a handprint with blood and like gore and all this stuff and you know and so that also had a lot of controversy of like you can't you know you can't show this kind of stuff and kids are playing this and and the war on video games you know like pe people be like oh the war on video games and they'll roll their eyes but it was a very real thing in the 90s people calling doom like they satanic panic of like do that doom caused in like the 90s was funny now but like terrifying at the time you know it's funny to consider because doom is about killing and destroying demons and people were like oh it's so scary it'll make our kids want to worship and summon demons when like it was about killing and maiming and destroying them yeah Which... you definitely hear a, le a lot less about like this kind of stuff nowadays better. yeah i mean sure listen it's like extremely violent and you probably shouldn't be letting young kids play it but like it wasn't gonna make kids worship Satan. Yeah, that's yeah. It's like it had a lot of satanic imagery and like violence and and you know you were in hell and it was this whole like you know kind of it's part of my language but like badass sort of thing to it, right? But like it definitely wasn't pro demons, right? That's the thing. Is is yeah. it, it was a lot of just like confusion from parents, like worried parents, and we still get that nowadays. But like I feel like we definitely see a lot less of this sort of thing. You yeah, know, like nowadays. Play the game, so they have no clue that, like, if you play the game, you're gonna know, like, this is a demon, like, anti-demon sentiment, where you kill and destroy them. But if you're, like, a parent who's only seeing it from the lens of, like, oh, I saw a trailer or, like, a, an advertisement, and there's, there's demons all over the place. Like, yeah, you might think, oh, this is a, a game about demons. What are you listening to, Timmy? What are you playing? Is that blood on the family computer? <gasps> My goodness. Just <laughs> crying. But it's, uh... <laughs> good it's uh it's, it's 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 like i feel like you don't see that anymore like people like i don't i never hear about it anymore about like parents being like this game is too bloody because now you'll see like 12 year olds playing like call of duty and just like yeah. you know super violent video games and it's just like you know oh you know i'm gonna segue perfectly into this into into postal uh which was no this postal was what engine was it i feel like i remember i think it was and like unreal unreal two or three i don't remember which one it was but like essentially you know a little background on postal because i didn't actually speak about it because it came out in 2003 it's the same age as i am i forgot postal the sec postal two not the first one which was like pretty good but postal two i'm talking about specifically 2003 and essentially what it was is you were this guy just called the dude you're the postal dude and it's just a violent, very uh, controversial, uh, made-to-offend video game about a guy going through his daily life trying to just get stuff done. And so Postal was definitely one of those video games that started up that kind of like, this is too gross and violent and not funny and people were getting very, very offended about it. Rightfully so. There's a lot to be offended about. Um, there's a lot of um, Islamophobia. There's a lot of racism there's a lot of sexism 
uh, homophobia, pretty much everything uh, that you could think of is probably in Postal. But, like, a lot of it was done in, like, not in, like, well, okay, it, some of it didn't age very well. I'm gonna be honest. I love Postal. I love playing it, but I'm just like, ooh, ooh. You know, same with uh, Shadow Warrior. It's just like, oh, this was, oh, you know, this was not good. But it essentially just, uh, it, it's one of those, it's, it's the same situation where, like, at the time, they didn't mean it out of hatred or out of, like, you know, just, like, pure bigotry. And it just happened as more of, like, a, oh, haha, we just, we want to be controversial and, and we want to stand out and we want to cause problems. Because it's not like they didn't know. They wanted to cause issues. Running with Scissors developers did. So, oof. What a game. It's interesting to look at because I feel like when you've told me a lot about Postal, so I know more about Postal than most of the other games that you probably like to discuss here. Um, this is the second episode. I don't discuss a lot of games. Yeah, but like eventually you'll discuss games, basically, is what I mean. Because I know a lot more about Postal than like other games you would usually probably be talking about because you've told me a lot about Postal. And from what I understand about Postal, it seems like this guy's just being framed as like, this dude's a fucking nut job and like, bad dude. And uh, look at all this insane stuff he does. Sorry, I cursed again. Um, and <laughs> it's okay. He's just like, it's like, look at all this crazy and stupid stuff that this guy does, and isn't this so violent and controversial? And it's like, yeah. Like I think that's kind of the point of Postal. It's let more is to be controversial. Yeah. Um. Exactly. And it's not like it's not like accidentally or just like because of the times. It's like we are intentionally doing things that would be considered controversial because it's you know funny or whatever. So I think because it was intentional and because it's not like those are the actual views of the creators. It's just like we are intending to say things that we don't believe in order to make the game controversial and make people talk about it. Um, I think that that contributed to its success as a game and like as a franchise especially when you look at like how how postal is currently with like it continues the streak of like we're being controversial but in new and interesting ways like the postal dude is a stripper now and he <laughs> he wears like the, the pumps and he you know stuff like that and he's like it's like this it's evolved definitely but it's like you can see the core of it is like being something controversial and just the controversy evolves along with, you know, the game series and the people who are making it. So instead yeah. of being, like, racist, they're like, oh, look at the Postal dude, he's a whore now, you know? There's also still racism in Postal 4, unfortunately. I was looking at the alpha, the janky alpha, and I'm like, oh, they're doing a good, they're doing against Mexicans this time. Whoa, my whole identity, I love this. But it's like, um, wow. we're like, whoa, crossing the border jokes, but I can't remember what the joke was. Because here's the thing, right? Here's what, a point I wanted to make about Postal, is that it's like, I, I can't remember what the term is. I think it's reactionary politics, but they've always done things that are like, like it's like social commentary, but like trying to be controversial about it. Because in 2003, in, in Postal 2, that came out in 2003, that was two years after 9-11. And they had a lot of, there's like a whole like underlying plot that like ISIS was hiding out in this like Arizona town in which the game takes place. And like they're like, like yeah. plot, like they're like, that's what they're like going to start the new like ISIS insurgent like in America. But it's like, you know, and so a lot, and even in the movie, like the, the postal movie, which is the, the, possibly the worst movie, video game movie, movie of all, like of all time, just awful. It starts with like 
a straight up like 9-11 like just straight up 9-11 is like the beginning of the movie and so it's just like they they've always done things because they know they're gonna get people riled up but a lot of it is just like commentary on america like the whole thing about the you know isis being in uh paradise that's the name of the town in paradise arizona is that it was like the uh essentially something that's always interested me is that like idea of pre like 9-11 america and post 9-11 america and like the just kind of inherent islamophobia and like fear that's instilled in like ev- like nearly everything after that everybody was so afraid of like you know isis and terrorism and everything that the war on terrorism started right after that right it was kind of a, a domino effect not domino effect it was like direct cause but you know uh it, it was like it, it was the height of tensions everybody was like very nervous because just a huge tragedy had just occurred and so i i assume that they saw just like whoa people are like taking this super super hard and like it's you know something and so they're like you know we could do something about this not a positive thing but they you know, wanted to kind of cash in on a... I want to say cash in, because it feels like they were taking advantage of a tragedy. But I think it's more just like, look at look at how crazy the world has become, is kind of what I feel that their, their, their uh, commentary yeah. or, like, what they've done kind of is, you know? It's like controversy that is culturally relevant in the current time that the game is being released. So, like, it's it's, like clearly representing the like the mindset of american people like at the time of the game like with the islamophobia in the game it's like this is clearly representative of the mindset that the american people had about like muslim people and about you know people from other countries and about the terrorism and stuff like it's this is how people were talking and uh, sounding and like what they thought was going on like behind the scenes and like similarly with like there's clearly like some kind of commentary happening even if it's being like like what's the word it's um it's kind of covered up by being like being controversy to be honest i think you could like if if i wouldn't recommend you to play the game honestly don't i don't recommend anybody to play the game it's it's not very good uh to to enjoy Mm -hmm. but like if i feel like once you play the game and you see it you'd have to be pretty dumb to like and it's pretty dumb and, like, pretty closed-minded not to see how it's, like, a commentary. Like, not to see how it's, like, actually pretty clever. Because it's it's kind of, you know, once you describe it, you're like, oh, that's horrible. But, like, you see it and you're like, oh, this is clearly so ridiculous and over the top. It's meant to be something, you know? Like, it's like, this is not just yeah. senseless violence. Postal is, like, in itself very clearly satire. Yeah. On, like, like, certain like the certain things that it brings up and like the things that it's controversial that it's like clearly this is a satire because the character you're playing as who's saying and do these doing these things is like a caricature almost like he's an insane yeah. person and then like the you know the people in the town are also like caricatures and the main villain is just some dude who's like an actor i forget i forget his name i'm forgetting his name like the main villain who you fight at the end of the game and he's like the leader of ISIS but he's literally just some American actor oh what's his name he was he was the character in different strokes what's his name <gasps> god I'm forgetting right now uh, I, like I, Corey I, I, no no Corey Cruz is a, a voice actor in Postal 3 uh I gotta I gotta look it up I need to remember what this uh what this character's name is what's oh not what the character what the actor's name is 
but it's like <sighs> he's just—he's the leader of ISIS, and you have to fight him at the end of the game. He, yeah, he's—he's he's a character, and I don't remember if they got his voice to do it, but he was at the promotional event for Postal. And they got—they got like the rights to put him in the game, so like, you know. Gary he's Coleman. Gary Coleman. Gary Coleman is the, the the final boss for Postal. He's like the leader of ISIS. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Postal is a ridiculous video game that's just meant to rile people up. And if you get riled up about it, then maybe you're a, you know, maybe you're the loser, you know, just kind of like, yeah, okay. Maybe Postal fucking, sorry, maybe Postal defeated you. Yeah, maybe a video game defeated you. No, but the reason I brought this up was because, like, one of the first people you have to fight in uh, Postal, like, the first, like, enemies, true enemies, like, there are these protesters, these anti- video game protesters uh, that are, you know, rallying outside of the actual developers. The developers are called Running With Scissors, and they're in the video game. They're rallying outside of the Running With Scissors development headquarters, saying, stop, violent video games are making people violent, and then you have to kill them. Because <laughs> then they come in blasting guns, like they're shooting shotguns, like mowing everyone yeah. down, and so you have to defend yourself. And then from there, it's like, you know, a whole fight out, like a shootout happens. And so it's like, you know, it's like, oh kind of uh you know he, the, the the dude the main character will make comments like and i don't even play video games like you know like oh i'm violent but that's not because of video games and so it's it's a lot of like stupid little social commentary like blanketed over just a ridi ridiculous gameplay and like just it's 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 a good game it's a good game don't recommend it it's a good game though <laughs> i enjoy it Takes a certain kind of person to be able to play through Postal, I think. Yeah, so it's it's a bit of a strain. It's, it's so much of it just hinges on being like absolutely the, as violent as possible. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's like it's as a... violent as crass as possible. It's you know shit like that. Unfortunately, I am the most violent crass person I know, so I loved it. Unfortunately, I was like, oh, this is awful. It's like, oh, this sucks, and I kept playing it. Yeah, but it was um. But then how many posts? So they made the first one. The first one was similar. It also did pretty well. But it was like just kind of a top-down sort of pointing an arrow, also shooting people. But that one was a little bit darker. It was a little bit kind of dark. And people were like, this is scary. And then the ending was like kind of scary. And I just, ooh. And then I'm like, that's a little freaky. I don't want to talk about it. And then Postal 3 was awful. Just bad. I'll talk about that more later since we've already, we've done like 25 minutes. We did, we did way more than I thought we were going to. And then like eight to fifteen minutes podcast, and we're gonna talk for like an hour about video games. Yeah, I know. Last time I also talked for like half an hour, but like <laughs> that's just like I'll we'll, we'll wrap this up. Postal three sucks. Postal four is in development, and then they're making a new one, another one called Postal Brain Damage. Isn't uh, I think you told me Brain Damage was like a continuation of Postal's uh, three's storyline or something. Well, okay, so Postal 3 has been pretty much, like, scrapped. Like, it's non-canon anymore. Like, they're like, yeah. that just didn't happen. Um, is it, like, retconning it? Cause they retconned it. It, was done, it wasn't done by Running With Scissors. It was, like, outsourced. Uh-huh, yeah. So it's, like, the, the way it is, it's, like, so Running With Scissors made the first one and the second one. And then in, like, 2011, they released Postal 3. And then people were like, this sucks. And then, like, a year later, they released um, Postal Postal 2 Apocalypse Weekend. So it was a mod 
proposal to like an additional content like like no 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 what's what is additional content a dlc a dlc i was like what is a that's like dlc i know what there was an acronym so they released a dlc for postal 2 that was called apocalypse weekend where essentially like they retconned all of postal 3 so it's like oh no he didn't go to the events of postal 3 where he went to a different town and like whatever he crashed his car on his way out of paradise and then was in a coma for 11 years and so then now he has to go back to Paradise, Arizona, and, like, everything's gone to hell. And, like, there's people, like, fighting in the streets. And it's essentially, like, extra hard mode of Postal. And so uh, they're like, yeah, we don't want Postal 3. And then Postal 4 takes place after that. Like, they're making Postal 4. Um, but the thing about brain damage, about Postal brain damage, is that from what I understand, I f- it's, like, taking place sometime between, like in like postal 2 or like between postal 2 and postal 4 like some kind of somewhere in between there because he doesn't look the same way he does in postal 4 but like he looks younger and it's this whole thing but it's mostly like a theory of mine that i like my my hashtag theory my video game theory is that because in at the end of postal redux or like postal 1 he goes to a, a mental hospital to like a psych ward that brain damage that has a lot of like hospital and like spooky scary clown nurse like imagery is like a drug trip of his that he's now remembering all these memories from when he was in the in the psych ward because that's kind of what the framing is kind of turning out to be from what i understand it looks good executed well i don't think it's gonna be i really don't think i I have such high hopes for brain damage because i was like looking at concept art and like it looks like it's gonna look really good but then i was watching gameplay of it and i was like oh no when you put all of it together it just doesn't work out and i'm scared that it's going to be another situation like postal 3 where running with scissors didn't learn their lesson the first time and they're just like you know oh we're going to outsource a video game again and then it didn't work out like but yeah. I'm, i think it's a lot less high stakes because this is not like a main it's not, yeah, like, it's a, not like a, a, a main, a main series, series like yeah three, right it's like uh, what's the word it's a spin-off it's spin-off yeah I guess and it's the really same way with, like, Half-Life and Blue Shift and Opposing Force and all those. Yeah. Those are made by Gearbox and not uh, Sierra or uh, Valve, so. And then, like, they're working on it at the same time as they're working on Postal 4, so, like, all the hype is, like, definitely more around Postal 4 than Brain Damage. Yeah, and Brain Damage is, like, not, like, they're, they're nowhere, neither one of them is, like, near development, right? But, like, near, like, a release, like, but they're all being in development. But the thing is, um... Yeah, they're both kind of being worked alongside each other. So I hope, hopefully, like, they get some... It's just, there's a lot of really good... Because the thing, okay, let me back up. The thing about Postal 4, not Postal 4, Postal Brain Damage, is that it's kind of trying to mimic retro shooters, like Quake, like uh, Half... Not like Half-Life, like Quake, like Doom, like uh, Duke Nukem. Like, it's trying to imitate those. Um, and so that's kind of been a trend recently with games like Dusk and... Uh, what's uh, What's the other one? Oh, there's a really nice one that's also because there's a there's a game developer like a group i can't remember the company called new blood and they're making a ton of old retro style first person shooters and they are executing them amazingly and it seems like running with scissors is trying to hop on that trend but they don't the the, the style isn't cohesive it looks like a new game trying to look old rather than it, it rather than looking like an old game you know and so it's just like yeah. A lot of hastily put together, slapped on textures and like models with too many polygons with low res textures, and it just, ugh, you know, I'm like, oh, please, 
please get someone to make this better because I want it to look really good and the concept is amazing and the gameplay looks really really interesting so I hope it turns out good but I'm scared it's not gonna it's, I guess even if it's ugly it's still like the concept and the, like like the execution of the story and stuff could be good even if it's a little ugly yeah like there's another really really good game that uh, I haven't played but here it's like insane called Cruelty Squad which I'll send you pictures I'll probably put up pictures but like I'll send you pictures of Cruelty Squad it is the ugliest thing you have ever seen in your whole life it's like imagine if you took a bunch of wax crayons and raw meat and put it in a blender essentially it's like that's what that's what it looks like it is an eyesore it's horrendous to look at and it sounds awful but the gameplay is immaculate and people are singing their praises for this they're like this sucks to look at amazing to play and so people are like Cruelty Squad is amazing, and so it's like I've been meaning to play it, but I I need to get a hold of copy first. But it's like, it looks awful, but it plays amazing. But like, it's intended to look awful, so it's kind of the leaning into that. But unless Postal kind of you know maybe maybe like maybe this what their videos they put out so far are not indicative of like what's going on, and maybe they find a way to make it look really really good in the end, and it's like fine. But like, oh, I am scared. It's not going to turn out well. Yeah. I think that it's a good concept, and hopefully it'll be executed well, even if it's ugly as shit. Well, video games. We have a lot of high hopes, talked about a lot of good things. I had this on my mind for a while, so. This was Power Source. This is uh, my guest, Jay. Bye. Thank you.